Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Time now for... Let's not get too excited. Yes! Give me 10, Norton. Everyone can eat shit. Woo! Overreaction Monday! Please don't cry like that. Please don't. I think I'm gonna throw don't up. throw up. Nice I'm gonna throw it up. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome to the pod. It's uh, our weekend recap. Do we have a clever name for this? It's the Monday remember. Overreaction. Monday, ah, thank or you. Overreaction Sorry. Monday, See? except it's now going to be Tuesday. Overreaction Tuesday this week because yeah. we we held the pod for the epic <laughs> BYU Navy clash on Monday night. That's how excited we were for this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and we actually started taping here shortly after halftime because the score is BYU one hundred and sixty three and Navy nothing. So <laughs> what the hell Navy Navy apparently has not been doing contact practices, no tackling or blocking bad <laughs> uh, <Pat> level. <laughs> what? Let's put it this way. <laughs> it was a bad weekend for the seagoers. We had the Trump boats sinking in Lake Travis and we got the <laughs> midshipmen absolutely sinking on their home field against BYU. Navy was terrible. They look, they couldn't, uh, if this is the state of our Navy, <laughs> we couldn't have invaded Granada this weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't so good. We had nine games. Uh, they all were played. Trying to, you know, they say, if you don't have anything to say, <laughs> you say something nice. They all were played. I, there you go. I know how college football, like, like, okay, we're in this era of college football, like, where it's like you're supposed to declare that you love college football more than anything. And I just love college football. I just want college football played. And I want more. I want it played more than you want it played. And I love it more than you. Let me just tell you something. This weekend sucks. Okay. I'm not afraid to tell you. It was terrible. I know you got to lie with this like fake patriotism to college football. Yeah. If you want that podcast, go find one. There's an idiot out there who will tell you that. Yeah, go and listen the Big to Ten's going to start playing. Sir, I'll give second. you everything you want. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so, laughs> he'll make it all up. It's fine. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. This no, was this was, was not good. There, this was not a good start. No, there was one no. game decided by one score, and that's when Texas State kicked a field goal with like thirty seconds left to lose by seven. 
Every other game was double digits, a lot of blowouts. They all quality of play was bad, you know, and, and they weren't powerhouse name brand teams. So that's what we got. I mean, you know, it's better than nothing, but it wasn't good. Let's be real. Only a little better than nothing. Yep. It will get better. We hope we'll get some more named teams, although five games have been canceled since last week or postponed. Uh, we lost TCU SMU this weekend, maybe for good. Yep. TCU doesn't have enough players. Rice seems to be just bailing They're They may start practice again at the end of the year. I know a lot of you they are looking forward to the rice practice. season. Yeah. yeah. Like rice has not started to practice in a, in a con like in a, in the way that you would qualify. They've done walkthroughs. Yeah. Kind of like Navy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not yet. It started to play. <laughs> no. Uh, Tulsa can't play Oklahoma state this week. They're hoping for next week. Right. I don't know how the world will live with a seven more days without the Tulsa Oklahoma state game. <laughs> Big. Tulsa institutionally not fired up about playing, by the way, that the school is broke. The athletic department is broke. The AD just bailed for the NCAA. Just like when, remember when Stan Wilcox left Florida State for the NCAA, it was like something must really be wrong if you're leaving to go work at the NCAA. <laughs> and so Tulsa's, Tulsa's athletic department, um, yeah, is is not flush with cash. I, I don't think they are. Uh, and look, like, here's one of the dirty little secrets of the season if you do like those who play from smaller leagues would actually lose more money playing sure. than not yeah. playing right now. Yeah. And that Tulsa is Tulsa was broke before the pandemic. All right. So I just, I would be, uh, I would be very skeptical of the hurricanes uh, as Les miles would call it their chest for stomaching <laughs> this uh, for stomaching the stomaching the environment in this pandemic. If I yeah. rate all 76 schools, on most likely and least likely to play, I would uh, I would have the three military academies one two three and Tulsa seventy six. Well, Tulsa Rice, Tulsa seventy five and Rice seventy six. Right. right? Yes, they are. They're yeah. dueling right now. That's that's yeah. correct. Thank you. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a couple other conference USA schools that are uh, that are tiptoeing on the uh, on the high wire too. There, they don't they don't exactly express it much chest. <laughs> little wobbly out there. I'll yeah. say this hats off to Southern Miss. Can't say they're not taking this thing seriously. <laughs> they fired their coach, Jay Hobson, <laughs> after one game in the middle of a pandemic. Love that. <laughs> Southern Miss <sighs> loses to, to South Alabama 32 to 21 on Friday, and Jay Hobson is gone, fired. Where is this buyout coming from? Is it that <laughs> insulting for Southern Miss to lose a football game? I got a lot of respect for Southern Miss on this. That's oh, what I'm talking about. This, we don't back down. We we think you suck. We'll fire you right now. We don't care. I can't. I can't even bear to watch another minute of Jay Hobson football, <laughs> even if the season might get canceled. <laughs> We're canceling him before they cancel us. Yes. <laughs> How about Jay Hobson now, right? I don't know what he was doing all summer, but he's probably out there with these, we want to play, right? Oh, yeah. Retweeting. Oh, yeah. We want to let them play. Hell no, dude. You just lost your job because you played. If you just shut up and not play, be collecting that check. Exactly. That might be Philip Montgomery's yeah. thinking at Tulsa, too. He's on, he's on the potential theoretical hot seat if there is one. But yeah. he's like, yeah. What do I want to go over to Stillwater and get my ass right. kicked? I don't want to play football. Right. I got a good job here. Right. Stay home and rake some leaves. <laughs> so I would, I would feel bad for Jay Hobson, except for a few things. One is 
He was immortalized on this podcast, probably in particular. We, did, we almost did an entire podcast dedicated to him uh, about a year and a half ago because Jay Hobson tried to hire Art Bryles yep. as his offensive coordinator. Now, like, even from a pure strategic standpoint, you could respect the hustle and say, you know what? This guy's trying to get an edge. Southern Miss, probably not like the highest ethical threshold of universities in the country, right? So not only did he try to hire him and then failed amid the backlash, but he questioned his president openly. So like, like he was disallowed to hire him and then said to his president, I disagree. He deserves a second chance in one of the dumbest public statements ever written. Yeah. But Jay Hobson, that wasn't even like that. That wasn't even the worst thing he did that month. Uh, the Athletic did a great story that dug into the fact that he had a uh, junior college recruit on campus who was twice accused of sexually assaulting women at knife point. Yeah. And Jay Hobson and the administration or the football administration did not tell admissions in the administration of Southern Miss about what this uh, this recruit did. Needless to say, when admissions Googled the kid and found out they did not let him in. So I can't imagine like Jay Hobson was like really, really high up on the uh, on, on the on the president's like, you know, list. Yeah. So <laughs> after they just got eviscerated on Thursday night by a bad South Alabama program, like a really bad South Alabama program. They technically, I guess he said he stepped down, resigned, whatever, however, however they worded it. He only made $500,000. He was the lowest paid coach in, in, in Conference USA. But I, th there was like part of me as this was like happening today and I was kind of tracking down the story. There was part of me that was just like, this feels normal, like a completely <laughs> irrational overreaction at a, at a, you know, at a place like Southern Miss, I was I, I was like giddy for the pod tonight because I was like, oh, we're just going to talk about Southern Miss and aspirations. Remember, they fired Ellis Johnson after he went 0 and 12 after one year. So yeah. now that said, like I, I love Jeff Bauer Southern Miss teams when I was in college and beyond. I'm sure, Pat, when you were at the Courier, you covered a lot of those oh, Jeff yeah. Bauer teams. Yep. Yeah, they won every game three to two or <laughs> five. To, yeah, like it. Like Jeff Bauer was an amazing coach there. They ran him out in 07. But Summer's a good program. Fedora had a nice run there. He went 12 and 2. Todd Munkin was uh was was very good there. He uh yeah, you know, he we went nine and five one year. I think he picked up after the Ellis Johnson disaster. So yeah, Southern Miss. Thanks for making it just feel normal. I remember last year Rutgers fired Chris Ash, like September 27th, and I was like, oh my God, they fired the coach in September. Rice hasn't even practiced in Southern Miss already <laughs> off their guy. So that he didn't make it through Labor Day weekend. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. He's gone on Labor Day. to take the kids to school. Uh, I mean, uh, wow. That's like, you know what? He was right. He needed Art Bryles calling plays because if Art Bryles was the damn offensive coordinator, they weren't going to lose to South Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want about Art Bryles, but the man can call a play. Well, here's the thing. You know, like the, the administration, okay. Trying to hire Art Bryles, scammy, scummy move, especially trying to, and then and talking back about it, bringing the accused rapist onto campus, scammy, scummy move. But the breaking point is when you lose to South Alabama. That's what we won't tolerate. That's when you got to go. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, tremendous. We should, we should let our listeners know that uh, I, have a, I have a very prescient article that I filed Friday that was supposed to run Tuesday about the coaching carousel grinding to a halt. <laughs> yes. Yes. So did my story idea grind to a halt. <laughs> so let's let's this is a good little chatter here. Let's how many jobs do you think will open this year, Pat? Like if you had to, like it's been an average of 25 the last five years. I, I, I did the math. 25. I predicted five. 
I predicted five, and I think I'm going to change my prediction to like six. There could be some retirements. Somebody's going to pull a John Curry and try to take advantage. I don't know. I'm curious. What, what do you think? Yeah, boy. Very, uh, very I low. did very a low. dash segment on that last week, and I put everybody on the Clay Helton scale. Like, if you're yes. of how lucky you are to potentially uh, be, be on the hot seat during a pandemic, I think. The guys that are really in trouble are probably Will Muschamp at South Carolina, although his buyout's not small. Derek Mason at Vanderbilt, although he's got a new AD. Do they want to go down that road? Gundy's not out of the woods. Herman, yeah. Jimbo, no. Too much money. Malzahn, probably too much money. Philip Montgomery, we, we just decided they're broke. Uh, Chip Kelly, well, so they, they're not even playing, so he should be okay. Scott Frost, he, they, boy, they love him more than ever now, even though he's done a lousy job so far. But he's uh, he stood up for Nebraska football, so good for him. I, I would say, I think you're right, Pete. Five or six sounds about right. Like Frank and it's Solich be. is 75. Yeah, Rick right. Stockskill retired on that final possession Ooh, of the first half against Army. That's Eagle. one to watch there because, yeah. Holy moly. They were bad. And they were bad last year. There'll be there'll be a retirement or two. I'll tell you, you let these coaches have a lot of free time too. It's uh <laughs> right. They start the old the administrative assistant uh <laughs> situation. <laughs> yep. I think we're in prime danger zone for uh that's not your wife driving you home there. <laughs> do not coach. Do not impugn their character. Dan <laughs> Mike DeBose just ended his subscription to our podcast. <laughs> Nobody was on the back of my Harley, I swear. Hey, Bobby's hey, coaching Bobby next Petrino Saturday. His debut this week. He's coaching <laughs> Saturday, baby. Hey, I go. I go back to this though. Everyone's like, everybody wants to play. There's a whole bunch of people don't want to play. Yes. There's a whole bunch of coaches, <laughs> whole bunch of ads, a whole bunch of everyone. Mm -hmm. I'll take a twenty percent pay cut. Like, how great is it for Chip Kelly? Yeah. Uh, right. He's even shown up in LA. He's like at his fishing house up in New Hampshire. Like, eh, I'll go to LA when it gets cold around here. Sure. When it's not, I mean, it's a pretty good deal. 130 degrees. Oh, sorry. 20% yeah. pay cut. At least we had that. That was pretty good news. <laughs> <laughs> Miami coach Manny Diaz says the, uh, the, the famed hurricane turnover chain. Yeah. Uh. Uh, that they give out to players after each turnover. They will be sanitized after each turnover. <laughs> Thank goodness. There's an associate AD for turnover chain sanitation. He probably makes 85 grand. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Nevin Shapiro is on house arrest at this point. I mean, you know, he could be, that could be a job for him. Oh, sure. Could wipe it down. Bring him out. See what we got. I don't know. I love it. I was like, okay, here we go. They're thinking of everything down at the U. Sanitizing the turnover chain. I love it. Safety first. I'm fired up for Miami UAB on Thursday, by the way. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Good game. I, yeah. Like, UAB's defense is good, although it did look a little shaky in that uh, opener against America's team, Central Arkansas. Um, I mean, remember Miami had that 14 nothing epic bowl game stinker. They got this new offense with Rhett Lashley, Derek King. Like, there's a lot that can go wrong for Miami in this in this debut. And uh, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to pick the 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 Blazers to win, but I'm thinking about it. We're very excited. We'll go over our gambling situation, which may explain um, <laughs> why I'm so bitter at the Navy <laughs> Navy today. <laughs> Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It was. Wait, wait, did, was I mocked for saying BYU had an explosive offense? 
Was I mocked uh, on well, the pod the, for saying that? The <laughs> other guys have not practiced tackling or blocking. I mean, it's 45 to nothing with 650 left in the third quarter as we're taping this podcast right now. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. That's all I'm going to say. Um, uh, so would Ken, except uh, he's he's uh, other he's positive news. Bob Bowlesby of the Big 12, uh, who, who's actually has his league playing, says uh, scientists think the virus could stretch for two seasons. Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah appreciate that that chipper uh prognostication i mean i it's, i'm sure he's right i don't know i, I have no idea i don't want to hear it no i was <laughs> uh, that was our week one this year what's week one next year gonna be i was in champaign illinois last week on thursday because they were supposed to have the big opener they were going to play ohio state on thursday night so went to see how glum it all is and what's going on there. And I was sitting with uh, Josh Whitman, the AD, in the stadium. It's like 5 o'clock. It would have, they would have just started been getting going there. And uh, he said he had a great uh, description for how he's been passing the time in this uh, pandemic. He said that he's got a, a set meeting, a Zoom meeting, every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Fires the thing up, starts it, and the on the first Saturday of the month, the air civil defense siren goes every time when he's starting the oh, meeting. Right. He's like, happens in May, and he's like, oh, my gosh, it happens in June. He's like, I wonder how many months I'm going to sit here and listen to this siren. May, April, May, June, July, August. He said, I heard that stupid siren again this week, and it just drove me crazy. Yeah, first Saturday of the month. Yep. Time crawling by. Did you write that story, Pat? I, I looked for it the it's, other day. It's uh, going to be on Sports Illustrated Tuesday morning. Okay. Okay. Very good. There you go. Well, yeah. Right where our listeners are done with their morning commute, listening to the pod. They listen to the pod. They can read the stories. Say, boy, we're setting them up for a great Tuesday. Right here. <laughs> Just the, and if you and if you wrote all the taps bets, you're you're you're, you're riding into the office. Uh, that's good. true. I don't even know what the record is right now. I don't want to know. It's not uh, good. You don't. <laughs> well, we're gonna let you know, but that's true. You don't want to know. I uh, can be so bad at. How could we be so bad at picking games? Yeah. So you know, looking ahead to this week, Notre Dame hosts Duke. Notre Dame's got no one sick, so there's a positive. Yeah. Don't say we're all doom and gloom. Nope. Clemson takes the field. That'll be good. Yep. My one and oh UTEP miners are visiting <laughs> Texas. Should be a good one. <laughs> be a good one. Well, it'll be a game. 45 and a half point favorites. 45 and a half. Holy moly. Wow. By the monster line. It was a tough one for UTEP this weekend. They they hosted. They won. Yeah. Beat Stephen F. Austin 24 to 14. But uh, so in Texas, uh, officially, you're allowed to have half capacity per the governor. So there's 50,000 seats in the Sun Bowl. UTEP decided to only go with 15,000 capacity because they didn't want to overdo it. And and only 6,000 showed up anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. God love them. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that ain't a kick in the shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, actually- the only football game within like a thousand miles. <laughs> you want to watch football? Anybody? Like nobody even showed and up. And the previous three seasons, they were two and thirty-four. You could actually come and see them win for once. You'll win a game, and nobody only comes. six thousand came to the game. Ouch! Not good. No. Come on, El Paso. <laughs> they got down. They got down fourteen to three quick, and everybody in the parking lot coming in slow was like, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> well, there was no tailgating. That Same was the, old I think the problem. 
There weren't a lot of tailgate. Yeah. Only 6,000. I, mean, I think tough. Mike when Price you, is the all-time winningest coach there, which is just kind of awesome. Yeah. He did a good job there. He did? No, he did. He did. Tough He's spot. Good, good tough football spot. Coach. It was rolling, Great baby. City. Well, look at They're 1-0 right now. Stephen F. Austin had to get a little of that in the second half. <laughs> and really, the win for UTEP was getting to that Texas game on Saturday. If they can get right, that Texas get- game and get their $1.4 million, that's the season. They, yeah. they can pack it up and go home after that. When like you that's, think you that's think- keeping a lot of jobs in that athletic department, that's keeping a lot of programs afloat. That is like they are just gonna they, that that AD is gonna like storm the field after the game by himself and celebrate. <laughs> the, the Go post by himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you think of all the schools that didn't get their guarantee game, baby. That, oh yeah. That's, oh man. Oh yeah. No, there's a lot of like other Conference USA schools that are going to be looking at a cross-eyed. Yep. Now, the good thing for those is the game's on the Longhorn Network, so no one can see it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Forgot there was a Longhorn Network. Good point. <laughs> well, so did the rest of America. <laughs> Nebraska didn't forget. That's, <laughs> that's... No, no. Nebraska waiting for waiting to overthrow the Big Ten office and Sir Yacht to tell them it's all, it's all good. It's all done. When's the revote? <laughs> oh, it's already happened several times, Dan. Wait a minute. Didn't you read all yeah. the reports? It was going to happen Friday, then it was going to happen Saturday. It's still going to happen. Trump's got it all worked out. It's done. <laughs> done. For some reason, they yeah, just haven't like, gotten around to announcing it yet. It's like a, this, 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 we, it's like this bizarro world where, like, <laughs> I, I mean, there's a, there's a vote, a vote. They're going to return. And they're like, you call around the sources and look, there's 14 teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. At a conference office, there's presidents, chancellors, board of trustees, regents, boosters, coaches, assistant coaches. There's like thousand sources, players, parents. So you can pretty much find any. When you call around, like, is it going to be a vote? No, I never heard anything about a vote. Like, I, only you get nothing. <laughs> there's where's the vote? One, one or no vote. one or two little diehard sources out there. It's happening. It's happening. It, 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 but it like runs like wildfire. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's like there, it's, this is there's a vote in the Big Ten's playing, yeah. and that's how it's and like you're like there's no vote. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell you. No, I get asked about on radio appearances. I'm like, I, maybe there'll be a vote. I, you can't ever really say never. No, like, sure. I don't know. Maybe they'll vote. Oh, what the hell do I know? But there's but, no no one is telling me there's a vote. Nobody's hearing this, but it's just out there. And if you refute it, you hate football. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Yes, then you're... I'm sorry. Then it's, I, yes, they're fear, totally going to do something they're not going to do. Fear porn and you're staying in the basement hiding from the virus. That's it. I don't know what to tell you. That's There's it. no vote. There's no vote. <laughs> and if there is going to be a vote, we really think it's going to reverse an 11 to 3 and go at least 9 to 5 the other way? I, I, I would wish there was. King Yacht Trump, so or whatever. I, I get Trump's thing. He's a politician. But the idea that like they were going to basically kick Michigan out of the Big Ten... <laughs> yeah. Or something like they're just gonna play without him. What did he tweet on Saturday? It just—it didn't make any sense. It, it, I actually yeah, like, it, just thought to myself when I read it, I was like, "It's almost like the Big Ten PR people put this out because it was just sort of like nebulous, non-specific, and and it was like asked a question at the end. I, I forget exactly what it said, but I just read it. I was just like, "Huh?" Uh, all right, I got the tweet here. Okay. And again, like this is so absurd that it, it, it's just. He just, I mean, he's just saying stuff, right? Just politicians. Big 10 football is looking really good, but may lose Michigan, Illinois, and Maryland because of those governors' ridiculous lack of interest or political support. 
they will play without them? Question mark. <laughs> that was the part I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe he just meant no. to hit an exclamation point, and he because Michigan State get to stay, but Michigan's gone. This is like the about, Spartans' dream come yeah, true, right? Right. <laughs> what do you think? If Trump think Northwestern's exempt out. Yeah, if 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 Trump can get Michigan kicked out of the Big Ten, he will get every Spartan vote. <laughs> get every Spartan vote, and he'd win the state of Ohio by ten percentage points. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad political strategy. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to play less than Michigan State. By the way, like they've had no practices, <laughs> oh. they have a new staff. Like they, they, the coaches don't even know the players' names. Like at this <laughs> point, you know, like they they have zero chance. Did. Antonio left them just a terrible roster. They're gutted talent-wise. Like, my God. You, do you hear anyone at Michigan State, Illinois, Northwest, well, Northwestern, I don't mind playing, but uh, Rutgers, Maryland, does any of those people stand up saying, oh, no, let's play. Indiana, no. No, they're not. So let me ask this, because this has been coming up a little bit. Do you think not playing will hurt, let alone crush is the term I've been hearing, Big 10 recruiting in the future. Big 10 recruiting is screwed because how do you recruit if you don't play this fall? Same with the Pac-12. No one even talks about the Pac-12. I looked at the rivals' rankings for what they are right now, and I expect the rivals' rankings, I I expect recruiting this year to be full of decommitments and recommitments, and it's going to be chaos because no one visited. It's, it's, It's not good right now. But for what it's worth, the rivals' rankings, top eight, Four of the top eight are Pac-12 and Big Ten schools. Michigan and Ohio State are in there. Ohio State's two. Uh, USC and and uh, Oregon. Oregon. So that's half the top eight are schools not playing football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's got to be something. Seven of the top 25, so half the Big Ten, seven Big Ten teams are in the top 25. And Minnesota's number 27. And that doesn't even include Penn State, which – I'm sure we'll get there yeah. uh, as it goes. So, look, I don't know. There'll be all sorts of decommitments. Maybe this is a long-term problem or something, but I'm not seeing it. I think anyone who suggests that doesn't understand how recruiting works. Most of these schools are full of lots of players within 300 miles of their their campus. I mean, who's going to take all the players that Michigan State would otherwise get? Where are they going? Yeah. Like, are they going to start going to conference? Like, they're going to go to Cincinnati and Pitt or not even Pitt, Cincinnati or Marshall or Western. I mean, those, I don't, like, the SEC is not coming up and taking all the players. I mean, I just don't think it's going to matter. I, I think it's a big over, over thing, but it's certainly interesting, I guess. I mean, Pat, what do you yeah, think? I mean, it fits the theme for the podcast for Overreaction Tuesday, but that's all it is. It's a Tuesday overreaction. This is, this is purely. Oh my God, we're not playing. It's going to kill us, which is, you know, it's way, way, way premature, myopic, not understanding the big picture, whatever you want to say. It, it, it does not make sense because, look, Ohio State is still going to be able to sell itself as a NFL factory, as a, you know, 103,000 people in the stands and, every possible advantage you could have. I mean, they they still have that to sell. It doesn't matter if they don't play till January. They still can sell that. Penn State can sell all that it has. Michigan can sell all that it has. You know, they those things don't all just go away because you decided to wait three months to play or four months to play. 
I, I fail to see that as being something that's going to be some insurmountable difference in recruiting. I just I, I have no reason to believe that. And I think that is being used by people to once again try to pummel the Big Ten into submission of we're going to fall behind if we don't play. But I don't see that any way that it's going to happen long term. The, I'll believe that the moment there's one kid in a rival's Q&A who says, I decommitted from Ohio State because they don't care enough about football. Have we seen one person utter that? Like a lot of people who like cast these generalities about recruiting. Oh, it's going to affect recruiting. They don't know anything about recruiting. Like recruiting is ultimately a like case by case scenario of 17 year olds. And I don't think there's any 17 year old who's going to really look at this and say, oh, my God. Now, will people try to use that as a negative recruiting tactic? Absolutely. You know, like there's no question about that. But like, is it really going to be like, man, I'm going to go to Auburn instead of Michigan because. They really care more. Yeah, and I really do think the teams who are playing, it's not like going to be one long Rose Bowl parade for the next three months. Look, it certainly hurts the Big Ten to not be playing right now as the other ones. I'm not going to deny that. All right. It's a bad it's it's a bad look. They have mishandled this process. We've dedicated many, many podcasts to that, but they've done it for safety. So no parent is going to be like, oh, you can't go there. They don't care enough. The parents are going to be like, oh, well, they were actually trying to be conscientious about health and safety, etc. So. I uh, until I hear a recruit utter those words, I I dismiss it. And I do think it is just some of the some of the drama that's being manufactured here in an attempt to uh, get the Big Ten leaders to to change their mind, which, as we've made very clear, I don't see the president changing their mind at all. We know where we know where certain coaches stand. We know where the ADs are. We know Warren is struggling. But at the end of the day. If you need six presidents to change their mind, good luck. I, I actually, I would not doubt that there will be somebody who says that. Yeah. There'll be one kid here or there. Yeah. And, and, and maybe it's a factor for a year and one or two recruitments conference wide. But other than a couple of those just five star on five star battles, for the most part, I mean, and you get past the top couple teams. I mean, most of the kids are from the Midwest. They're not going to go. They want to play near home. They they want to go to the school. Like, I, I just don't see it as a lasting thing. Like, do I think Notre Dame will have a little bit of an, like if Notre Dame plays all its games this fall and they're the only show in the Midwest? Um, will they be able to gain some kind of advantage? Uh, over, you know, traditionally the 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 ones they go against, uh, you know, uh, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Yeah, will they be able to get unofficial visits down there and stuff like that? If, if that's allowed, is that See, even allowed? Right yeah. now, it's not. Well, no. official is not allowed. Unofficial, I mean, you can right. walk on the campus if you want. No. So I'll count. I'll counter the Notre Dame point quick, Dan, and I'll let you finish. Sorry if I cut but you off. Not not a big. It's 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 a small advantage. Yeah. Not. Yeah. You know, again, maybe it wins you one kid or two yeah. kids, maybe. But it's it's not it's not like all of a sudden every single good player. There's a bunch of kids in in uh, Ohio that are just like, well, I don't I'm not touching Ohio State anymore. I'm going to play for Notre Dame. They they played during this thing. Like, I just don't see that. It's 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 a very small number kid. If that. So Notre Dame's biggest advantage is two things. One, it's the campus experience. Like they feel like if they get kids and parents to campus and then ensconce those kids with their own players, they're at a huge advantage. So I remember back when when they shut down recruiting, 
uh, Jack Swarbrick and Brian Kelly both told me different times, like, that's not good for us. We need we need people to see it, feel it, touch it. It This isn't like, it's an experience at Notre Dame. We've all been there, right? There's there's a visceral beauty to the campus, but it's, and it's really for Notre Dame getting mom and dad to campus and talking to the academics, like it's the 40-year sell versus the four-year sell and everything. So I would think any advantage they have on being on TV. And Dan, you wrote that funny column where, you know, Jack Swarber kind of said, Hey, we'll, we'll take, we'll take all your, uh, we'll take all your fans. We, we could use some extras. Um, I don't really think Notre Dame ends up at much of an advantage if they get through a whole slate and these other teams don't start up until November, December. Very small advantages. I, I can't see it. BYU only team playing out West. And they only, literally have the entire West. Only team West of I, El Paso. Your minors. Yeah. They've got, yeah. They got two time zones all to themselves. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty easy to negative recruit against, though. They just sent them the honor code and a whole lot of dudes. <laughs> yeah. <to BYU. laughs> Don't see it as I a can't. What? <laughs> <laughs> they considered ESPN. I saw some articles considering just filling in BYU for basically Pac-12 after dark. Yeah. <laughs> but the slate of games isn't good enough. That's horrible. So. Oh. They've only got eight games, and most of them are terrible. Well, they must have gotten some pop out of this. They look good on. They've on looked Monday very night. good. I'll give them that. Absolutely punch. BYU Navy. always looks. They always look good when they play Boise and maybe Utah, <laughs> but then they then they start losing in the middle. I don't know what happens to that team. They've uh, been, they look good against the Navy team. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think any of this stuff's going to be a massive switch. No, you know, it's and it's you already get kids from the Midwest who go south because I mean, we've had these kids because they want to go play in the SEC. It's not uncommon. No, no. I mean, the SEC's got a lot to offer. I just I don't think you're getting every guy, though. There's still a lot of people want to go to these to those schools. So I think a lot a, of the smart schools loaded up early, too. They're like, well, if nobody's going to be able to visit and we may have limited summer camp evals, we're just going to take kids off their film from the previous year. And so Ohio State's number two now because they loaded up and filled up early. And so I think the the schools in that footprint, Penn State was not one of those schools. But like Cincinnati, they're not that high now. But for a while, they were like in the top 20 in recruiting because they were just like, you know what? I don't think any kids are going to be able to go anywhere now. So they went and uh, grabbed a bunch of Ohio kids and, and really just jumped uh, and really just jumped on that. Recruiting is recruiting. And I think there was some some unfair pressure put on some young players as far as, hey, you know, with, with these uncertain times, we don't know when you're ever going to get on campus. You better get your spot now, uh, which is another reason why I think we are heading towards an epic number of decommits as we get closer to signing day. Oh, but, God. Yeah. yeah. But I think they, a lot of schools have tried to use the pandemic to accelerate their ability to fill out their recruiting class. All right, let's uh, let's face the reality here, the race of the case standings. Are, are, can we, are we fair to claim, uh, call this? This could this could come back to backfire on us, but we're we're declaring BYU the leader. Like <laughs> it's forty eight to right? three. I think it's the fourth quarter now. So I I it, the, the AP and everyone else is calling this for BYU. So. I mean, they said like Al Gore was going to be the president, yeah. you know, and uh, he, he Al never he, had he, a forty five point lead in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's this the famous Chicago Truman. Tribune headline: uh, Neil yeah. Tololo defeats Sataki. Is that it? <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Pete, Pete, you came in four and three, so you're four and three overall now. So you went through uh, three and three this week. I went uh, one and five. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Pat and Sully went two and four. Mm. So we're all tied overall at two and five. All of that means that n the leader of the uh, 
race for the case right now is none other than Tap 40, oh, the no. opposite of Oh, Pat. no, 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 no. Yeah, he's five and two. Yeah, he's he's tied with Nad, who's also five and two. <laughs> and tied with, <laughs> with, with however you want to do Sully backwards. <laughs> No, no, Listen no. Me. This isn't going to be a one person's name goes backwards and nobody <laughs> oh, else's yes, it does. Is. No, 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 no. No. I had one of our faithful listeners uh, hit me up this week and they said, my favorite part of the pod is how genuinely angry Pat gets when you mock his picks. It's like, yeah, it's real. It's, it's real. <laughs> undeserved. It's manufactured. Un- this undeserved isn't like Stephen this- A. Smith yelling about LeBron or something. <laughs> undeserved at this point this year. Undeserved. My picks are no worse well, than several other people on the pod. All, all we've told our listeners over the years is don't actually bet on college football because it's insane. And if you're going to just buy Apple or Amazon stock or bet tap and everything's been right so far, like if they just listened, they'd be rolling. All right. Well, here's something we can agree on. I think all of America needs to agree on. I know these are very divisive times in our country, but we're here to bring you together. The Yahoo Sports College podcast. And that is we need to end gender reveal parties. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 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 Uh, word has come out that the, the El Dorado fire in California, which has burned over 7,000 acres and is only 7% wow. contained, began because two attention core parent to bees <laughs> had to have a party to celebrate and discover what the gender of their little ball of joy would be. <laughs> And they used some kind of pyrotechnics and started a damn forest fire. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, really? yeah. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah. God, that's heartbreaking. Those four. Oh, that's just. It is. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Oh, yeah. They used a smoke generating pyrotechnic device at the gender reveal party. I don't know whether it was it blue or, or I think it was blue. Yeah. It was a boy. That's right. Because the AP congrats. I think it was the AP. If not, whoever wrote this, the lead was, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have used, it's a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> the, they called the fire department, and uh, the fire spread from the uh, park they were in north onto Yucapai Ridge, and uh, that went up right. There you go. Took off. Uh, the fire department says, we know how it started because they were still there. Mm. That and the fact there was a surveillance cameras at the park. Uh, so, um, but the real issue here are these gender reveal parties. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just because you didn't burn down uh, half of California doesn't mean that your gender reveal party was any better. <laughs> yeah, it means it was a little better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on the sliding scale of, of gender. On yes. the sliding scale of terrible, stupid. Uh, look at me, attention-seeking, idiotic things. Yes, it's slightly better. Now, if you're going to do one of these parties, okay, I will say this. I will allow the parties only if no guests are invited. Only, like, the mother-in-law, the sister-in-law, and a couple, like, desperate, whoever other desperate, (laughs) like, just so excited for the baby. There should be no guests should be pressured to attend this event. Can you imagine? This is the worst party to yeah. ever get invited to. It's really bad. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap. Uh, I'm so glad this wasn't around when any of the people I knew were having kids, you know? 
Can you imagine Pat, you getting that children. invitation? You got to come to our gender <laughs> reveal party. Like, oh no. Like, hell to the no. <laughs> oh, no. This, oh, no. So they also have these things they didn't have when, when you know, I, I was at that age either. It was the, the couple shower. What? Oh. Couples. Yeah, the guys got to oh. go. Oh, come on. Why? No. Why? No. Why? Because these, these, it's, I don't know. These, they've lost control. <laughs> Stand up for yourself, <laughs> for your friends. Nobody wants to go and watch. Oh, look, they uh, hold up. If you're the actual dad, you should be allowed to show up for the last five minutes <laughs> to help put the stuff because you get a lot of free stuff <laughs> and you put it in the, in the truck. That's it. Okay. That's your job. <laughs> last five minutes, have a piece of the cake. Hey, thank you so much. Out. Do not invite your friends and make them sit through this misery. Oh. And then are they doing gender reveal? And then, I mean, it's just what? There's 7 billion people on the planet. Yours is not that special. <laughs> You're burning down states. Trees are on fire. Uh, did you see the uh, I'll find out anyway my wife's always like oh uh, how many kids does so and so have I don't know like two yeah. three what you don't even know are they boys or I don't know I, don't <laughs> I haven't know. gotten around I, I haven't remember the, like the name of the first kid after the first kid it gets a little shaky yeah, you know? first kid <laughs> first kid maybe <laughs> now I don't I'm not on Facebook so I think if you're on Facebook you got a better clue because there's like the back to school pictures you see like three kids or something <laughs> but I don't want to go on Facebook but I don't know. Y'all don't. don't uh, do you do you follow Old Hoss Radborn on Twitter? I do not. Does, no. uh, does he have I, thoughts on this? Very, very funny. Yes, he uh, he's basically in the the takes on the persona of like an 1800s major league baseball pitcher. Very okay. funny tweeting from that point of view about what's happening today. He really tweeted this this afternoon. Back in my day, we burned down acres and acres of forest in the name of manifest destiny and the right to claim <laughs> land, not because of some dumb baby. <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he somehow related to the uh, Andrew Luck character that was uh, uh, they, tweeting? They for are uh, similar. And old Haas was around okay. before Andrew Luck before. Okay. He predates it. Yeah. Yeah. The Andrew Luck one was hilarious. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if he's still if he's still tweeting or not. That was good so. stuff. Dearest yeah. mother. Yeah. Dearest mother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then I was making yeah. fun of the Jets, which is like a no lose proposition. And how do you feel when you're the kid when you find out you're the reason like people <laughs> lost their house? Yeah. That kid, boy, talk about a doomed existence. Shoo. We were so excited to find <laughs> out whether you're a boy or a girl. We could not wait. <laughs> So we invited a bunch of people over and did pyrotechnics. What do you name the kid, Blaze? Oh. oh, no. oh. Smoky. Oh. <laughs> every week, uh, every year, they hand out the Heisman. I guess they're going to hand. They got to hand one out now. We've had at least one week of games. Yeah. The small sample Heisman may hold up this year. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, record book. Hello, small sample Heisman. How about that? We like we don't like to wait to the end of the year. We like to give one out uh, because we overreact every week. So if you do something good for one week of the season, we overreact and give you a Heisman. Uh, it's called the small sample Heisman, and uh, we're giving them out. I don't know if you guys are prepared or not to hand out your small sample Heisman. I can do mine. I'm prepared. All right, go ahead, Pete. Yeah. Um, I am going to give mine to... Army, be back. Sandon McCoy, 
three touchdowns in the first half, burst in for one yard, two yard, four yard scores. Most importantly, after the game, I, I really appreciate listening to the Army kids on Zoom and the interview from the uh, press box. None of them would take a morsel of credit or say anything nice about themselves. And so Zandon McCoy, when asked about his teammates, lit up and he was like, my offensive line did such a good job, I'm going to go buy them all a steak dinner <laughs> when you can do that. So I'll take Zandon McCoy, gold quotes, great performance. Army just, just thrashed middle on uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, God bless him. Zandon McCoy, you are my small sample Heisman one. All right. I am going with Desmond Trotter quarterback of South Alabama, the Jags, who pulled off the biggest upset, really maybe the only upset, I don't know, of the uh, the first weekend when they not just beat Southern Miss, they beat him so badly that they, they beat Jay Hobson into unemployment. <laughs> Desmond Trotter, sophomore from Irondale, Alabama, 299 yards passing, 41 yards rushing, threw a couple of touchdown passes, South Alabama jumped on him early, never let Southern Miss back into the game. Biggest win they've had in a while because they haven't had many wins. So uh, <laughs> Desmond Trotter, sophomore QB, South Alabama, small sample Heisman. By small sample Heisman goes out in the West Texas town of El Paso, home of the river they call Rio Grande, <laughs> down on the border of the town of El Paso, <laughs> home of the miners, the best in the land. <laughs> Real poetry, the UTEP fight song, isn't it? Dion Hankins, hometown product, hometown legend, El Paso high school legend. He dusted Stephen F. Austin, gave him 113 on the ground, two touchdowns, led the Miners to a 24 14 victory. Look out, Longhorns. <laughs> They're not just coming for your check, Dion's coming for you. Small sample Heisman goes to Dion out there in El Paso. Good job. This is great. Way to go. We got, you know, all right. I'm I'm an admitted like Stanford swimming homer, pizza central Arkansas homer, and you, we somehow have a UTEP football homer on the podcast, which is uh, like unheard of. Like the worst football Can't program Can't say I in jumped America. the bandwagon. I'm <laughs> not a bandwagon guy. I'm with them at the bottom, man. We only had 6,000 show up. This is true. <laughs> in case you missed the game. It's an I think they were all home watching. Donation, Homer, too. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Anti-alma mater, Homer. Uh, all right. This podcast is known for saying lots of mean things. We're not nice people. We're not good people. Tell it like it is. Uh, we overreact. Uh, we've said many mean things today, myself included. Yeah, the Hobson uh, family won't like this podcast. No, probably not. I don't know if anyone will like this podcast. It's very therapeutic, though. <laughs> but at the end, we try to say something nice. This is our Say Something Nice segment. I'm going to say something nice about the Army bubble. I drove from uh, Boston to West Point on Saturday for the Army Middle Tennessee game. I will not be saying anything nice about Rick Stockstill. And I will say that Army is going to play all 12 games on its schedule as long as the opponents show up. Because I went through their gate into Army, and when I say there was no one there, now we've all driven to a lot of games before, right? What, what What's there? Traffic, fans, drunk people. It was empty at Army. Like, dead empty. Like, usually if you don't know where you're going, you're like, hey, where's Lot J? I had, like, nobody to ask. So I just pulled into an empty parking lot that was unlabeled and left my car there because I was like, there's no one here. No one's going to take it. No one's going anywhere. No one needs this spot. No one does anything. So walking to the stadium, there's three quarters of a mile, 
I passed zero humans and two cars drove by me. Walking back to my car in the evening from the stadium, I saw five deer and zero people. So Army, everyone was tested. Everything was aces. There was plexiglass in the press box between me and the guy from the Star Ledger who was two seats over. There was empty seats. Everything was socially distanced. I left there thinking, oh, Army's getting through this thing now. This is this is no joke. Army's getting through this thing. So Army, nice job. And they just kicked the tar out of Middle Tennessee, 42 nothing. Awesome stadium, even empty, isn't it? Oh, it was great. That was great. What a bucket list. Obviously, if you're listening to our podcast, you're a huge college football fan. Scenic. It's an hour north of Manhattan. If you ever want to go, like you, you can get up there really easy. You can take the train. I mean, the it, Army campus is worth seeing in itself. I mean, it's a tourist attraction. It's like Washington crossed the river here. And I mean, there's just so much history, so much military history, so much American history. Everything about it is just a just a really cool place. And it was like postcard, 75 degree day. Hudson Lumen in the background over the stadium. Just, yeah, awesome, awesome experience. Really enjoyed my trip to Army. As a fan of well-mowed lawns there, <laughs> I, they, they do a good job. <laughs> they, uh, they know what they're doing there. Uh, they're landscaping. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, say something nice, Pat. Okay, I'm going to say something nice about ESPN College Game Day. Uh, if you watched it Saturday... I, to me, it's it's always been my favorite ESPN production. I can find a lot of faults with the network uh, and some of the things they do, but I've always loved Game Day. And their show Saturday was maybe the most remarkable one they've had. They weren't on location. They Everybody was at their houses. Uh, and they did a discussion on the racial situation in the United States and college football players roles in it. And Maria Taylor did a great segment, little round table with players. Uh, it was very good. They went around to everybody. Everybody had something to say. Desmond Howard was particularly interesting talking about how he actually wanted to do a boycott at Michigan. And some other players basically went to Bo and told him like, Hey, this is what Desmond wants to do and kind of scuttled it. <clears throat> but then the thing that really just kind of, Really stopped me in my tracks was watching Kirk Herbstreit just break down and cry talking about the subject. Uh, so emotional, uh, and he just he just flat started. He was sobbing really, and I was I was struck by the tenor of it, the sincerity of it. You know, it it's a long way from fixing anything. It's a long way from having a concrete plan for what to do. But to see, you know. Kirk Herbstreit react like that and to hear what Desmond said and see Maria Taylor's work, I thought, wow, that was really, it was very powerful television uh, and very real television. And a lot of times what we watch on TV is not very real. Uh, so I really appreciated that. I will say something nice about college game day. Uh, all right. I'm uh, going to say something nice about uh, a whole bunch of players, but, and, and he doesn't necessarily, he's not necessarily the leader, but he is the most famous college football player going Trevor Lawrence of uh, Clemson. Uh, they put out a statement from college football players under hashtag our voice matters. I'm sure I don't know all of the details of this group. However, what interests me was they had five things they're seeking. Okay. Cause it's easy to put a hashtag out. It's easy to say, Hey, we're against, we want social justice. Everyone wants social or almost everyone wants social. You know, I want equality. Okay. Uh, they wanted five things, five actionable steps. And I like it when college kids or any movement, particularly one that is as peaceful as this, that has literally broken nothing, done no vandalism, 
uh, looted. You know, I mean, this, this you couldn't you could not have a less invasive uh, protest, if you will, or demonstration than what Trevor Lawrence and the guys are doing. Uh, they want everyone on all the teams to be registered to vote and be free to vote on November 3rd. Hard to argue with that. They want to discuss with their school and presidents and their administrators uh, the issues. Sounds good. Uh, they want to create community outreach initiatives like raising clothing, food, school supplies, book drives, stuff like that for at-need communities. Hard to argue with that one. Uh, they want to have normalize having routine conversations about change between the teams and police departments, local governance and community leaders. I think that would be a great back and forth, the whole thing. And then finally, they want on game days to be able to wear T-shirts, uh, maybe have stadium video tributes to recognize victims of racial injustice. They want to share their own stories, things like that. Five very doable, reasonable actionable steps uh, from this group on the eve of the state of the season. Uh, I applaud the entire group, whoever's in charge of it. Trevor Lawrence is getting the most attention. So I'm going to give him some credit, but I like it when it's, it's clear cut. So good, good for them. If they're going to, they're going to try to do something, at least they're doing things that I think may actually have uh, some, some small impact uh, in, in getting some change done. So congratulations on that. I am a hundred percent behind whatever they come up with there. Uh, all right, that's our show. Uh, see, we could say something nice. Nobody even was too snarky. Too snarky. Next week's going to be better. 21 games as of now. We'll see. But, uh, you know, week one was week one. We're building. We're building on this. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Climbing them out brick by brick. <laughs> right? There you go. Right, Sully? We'll do this. Brick by brick, baby. Please, no. No. Pat, that's a gift. That's a pet gift, by the way, Sully, if you captured that on video. Pat climb, <laughs> climbing the mountain. Climbing the mountain. We can tweet that out after every one of his picks flops the rest of the year. <laughs> Talk now, man. Get your get your shots in now. Oh, oh, oh even if you're blowing me out, I'm just going to keep talking. Don't worry. <laughs> For now, All I'm just right, worried we- about chasing tap, though. We will be back midweek to preview all of that. Give some more info. Thank you for listening. Keep subscribing. Season's underway. If you ain't listening to our podcast, you're not doing the season right. So appreciate you. Talk to you then. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to follow us on social media at skullduggerypod